My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. If you've watched even a few minutes of a sporting event this year, or just any network TV in general, you're likely familiar with this ad, which features two of the greatest hockey players of all time. Come on! Drain that three! Trying to practice here, Wayne. You need it. Yes! In that clip, Wayne Gretzky's focus on his online bet is keeping reigning NHL MVP Connor McDavid from getting his practice in. But can you really blame Gretz for being so into his wager? He's probably spent the last year, like most of us, inundated with ads pushing him towards betting on sports. Those ads are not going away anytime soon, but the ones with stars like McDavid and Gretzky or Maple Leafs captain Austin Matthews, those are at least in Ontario, which leads Canada in online betting and is introducing new regulations around who can appear in commercials that promote the product. So who will they find to push these services next year when the regulations take effect? What do we know about the impact of this recent flood of gaming ads? How far should governing bodies go to oversee this market? And are all these ads still actually necessary? Don't we know by now that sports betting is legal? How long can marketing budgets sustain this level of saturation? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Timothy Dewhurst is a professor and senior research fellow at the University of Guelph's Gordon S. Lang School of Business and Economics. He's here to talk about the burgeoning, I guess, still gambling industry in Canada, Tim. Yes, indeed it is. My first question is just, do we know about the sheer size of the sports betting market in Canada since it was legalized for single game betting? Like, how is that market? I don't have uh, off the top of my head figures for all of Canada, but uh, I certainly have seen figures for the province of Ontario. And just a year in, it has emerged as one of North America's largest uh, markets. And it is actually identified as one among the top five iGaming jurisdictions in North America. In just one year of it being legalized, the province has delivered roughly $36 billion in total wagers and approximately $1.4 billion in total gaming revenue. So that's gaming revenue that goes directly to the province. It is, yes. What do we know uh, after this time about how people gamble? What are they betting on? Do we have a look at like what's driving the market? Well, I, I was surprised when I was looking at, you know, the data for the province of Ontario in its first year of legalized sports betting. And uh, it was somewhat to my surprise, actually, when I saw that basketball was uh, the most popular sport to bet on. Number two was soccer. 
very close at number three with football. Hockey uh, was number four, and baseball was number five. And uh, so I'll be the first to admit I was a little surprised that basketball was the number one position yeah. uh, for betting on on games, just because we've seen athletes and celebrities from other sports maybe more prominently featured sometimes than basketball. But uh, that that's what the figures are saying, is that uh, basketball has been the most popular sport to bet on. What about the advertising behind all of this? I think anybody who watches sports on television would say that it feels like an awful lot. For any sports fan, we can see that it is very pervasive in terms of the advertising that we have been seeing, um, you know, just ranging from, you know, 30 second ad spots, you know, during commercials and then also just uh, broadcasters and then commentators. And just I, I mean, we're just overwhelmed with a lot of sports betting advertising. What is different about uh, single-game wagering and iGaming in Ontario compared to the rest of Canada? Because as I understand it, it is different in this province than it is in many other provinces. Well, there would be some differences, certainly within Ontario. Uh, For one, there's the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, which is the provincial gaming regulator. So certainly there can be different regulations that are upheld. Uh, in the province and different regulatory and political environments, certainly within Ontario compared to other provinces or other jurisdictions. Where does the Alcohol and Gaming Commission factor into this and and what have they done thus far and upcoming, I guess, to govern the industry in the province? Yeah, I mean, there's been increasingly more and more pressure for them to more stringently regulate Things you know, just it hasn't been popular. You know, polling has shown with people not happy with the you know how much advertising we're seeing for sports betting and just how overwhelmed we are by it. But they have just recently you know put forward that they're going to be pro- prohibiting athletes, influencers, celebrities from doing endorsements and the, those that are likely to be expected to appeal to those that are young and youthful. However, these are um, stipulations are not to take effect till late February of 2024. So, and then I guess there's a lot of controversy as well because they've also said, however, there's an exemption where they could still promote quote unquote responsible gambling. And it's very unclear what that might mean, uh, what is deemed responsible gambling. I was going to ask you this later, but maybe we'll just talk about it now. What do we know about what legalized gaming has done to problem gamblers? Do we have any data from Ontario or anywhere else that would give us a sense of if we've seen an uptick? What do the experts say? Gambling is classified as an addictive disorder by the American Psychiatric Association. So it has considerable addictive potential. You know, there's certainly concern that with the widespread advertising that we've seen, uh, including endorsements from celebrities promoting uh, sports betting, that it has normalized and made what is, you know, an addictive disorder seem to be a, a much more normalized behavior and activity. So there's cause for a lot of concern. And then certainly it's well documented that advertising impacts overall consumption levels. So with the flourish of advertising that we've seen, it's certainly having an impact on, you know, the amount of people that are gambling and 
the size of their place bets. Do we generally understand gambling addiction in the same way that we understand addiction to different substances? Well, the American Psychiatric Association, by identifying gambling as an addictive disorder uh, like alcohol, cannabis, opioids, and tobacco, is identified gambling as the only non-substance that is identified on that list. So it does have very similar physical impacts as those substances would that, uh, you know, there's withdrawal symptoms and, and, you know, the kind of things that are happening in the brain uh, in terms of the stimulation of doing the activity and behavior. Right. But, uh, you know, admittedly, my field is marketing. And so... Well, let's talk about the marketing because I, I, I wanted to ask that question because with the exception of alcohol, I guess, you know, cannabis is legal, but you don't see it advertised certainly in sporting events where where children are obviously watching. From a marketing point of view, do we know if replacing the ads that are currently running, and again, anyone who has watched a game or two over the past year knows what I'm talking about, but replacing the ads that are currently running with Connor McDavid and, and Wayne Gretzky and Austin Matthews with more generic ads without these athletes will have any impact? Can we quantify that? There's a lot of pe people, and myself included, that uh, feel that regulations do not go far enough. Really? Yeah, I mean, uh, we will see the gambling industry be very creative, I guess, of how they try to sort of adapt to the new rules that will be coming into place at the end of February uh, of 2024. Again, you know, I, I mentioned that advertising does impact overall consumption levels and uh, they will find ways of finding alternatives. You know, as much as we might not see Wayne Gretzky and Connor McDavid and so on continue to be endorsing sports betting and advertising, as long as the sports betting companies are partners of all of the major sports leagues, you know, there'll still be an association of these celebrities and athletes with the behavior of sports betting. And so I don't think the regulations go far enough. And then there's also the issue of just even when you are watching a sports game, when you constantly see the cue of bet now, especially those that are uh, more vulnerable to addiction, you know, that's a cue activation of where you know, might be more prone to place a bet that you otherwise would not have placed. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. What could they do instead when you say they haven't gone far enough? What do you think would help? I think, you know, considering that gambling has been classified as an addictive disorder by the American Psychiatric Association, like cannabis, uh, opioids, and tobacco, I think that regulations could look a lot more similar to how they are for tobacco and cannabis. Mm. And so it's very stringent regulations uh, for those 
product categories. Most people would think that there's a complete ban. That is not accurate. You know, with the categories such as tobacco, still to this day, there is business to business marketing where in trade publications, uh, tobacco companies can still advertise to other stakeholders in the supply chain. They are also able to do information based advertising that's not lifestyle oriented if it's in a setting where youth do not have access. So they still could have very information-based advertising in a bar right. where only those age of majority have access. Uh, or they can still do direct marketing, like direct mailings and so on, to someone in their database if it's addressed to an adult by name that is verified to be of suitable age. You know, I think there's a real call with, sports betting to be similar to what we've uh, observed for cannabis or tobacco with the kind of advertising promotion that remains allowable. Has the uh, commission said anything about why it hasn't gone there or what's behind this new decision but not going any further? I mean, they they stated uh, what the rules will be taking effect in uh, February 2024. But at the same time, you know, when talking about promoting responsible gambling, quote unquote, we're still seeking clarification of what that exactly means. And yeah, why they haven't gone further. No, I am not aware of uh, their comments. What will you be watching for in the months to come when you look at the amount of advertising, what kind of advertising, uh, where it's being shown? You know, when you sit down to watch a game and you see this stuff, what are you thinking and wondering about? I guess just from a, as even from a casual fan standpoint, uh, I was recently at a Blue Jays game and I was sort of taken aback with the in-game experience of how much we're now surrounded by uh, sports betting ads. An example would just be a lot of signage for sports betting, you know, just surrounding the field and on the walls uh, of the stadium and so on. But uh, what struck me the most was actually on the scoreboard just before the game was to begin on the scoreboard. They were talking about sort of the over under and things like that. And uh, so it really is having an impact on how people view the game of, you know, you're just about to watch the start of the game and you're now thinking about how many runs are expected to be scored in that game and implying that uh, you might want to place a bet on that particular game. Where might we expect the industry to go from here as it matures? I don't know. How long does it take like a nascent industry to reach, you know, an equilibrium where we can kind of say this is the level that it's at. This is the kind of marketing that's successful and this is what will remain like we've covered cannabis a lot on this show. And, you know, it, it took them a few years to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I guess cannabis, though, has been pretty much from the onset very stringently regula regulated. So it certainly is different than uh, what we've seen for sports betting and with the legalization of online gambling of where I don't think it was anticipated that we would be seeing the kind of advertising and promotion that we, in fact, have. I think you know, in the in the short term, what I think will be interesting to observe is just how crafty uh, sports betting advertisements become. You know, the fact that they're they will find ways to circumvent the spirit of uh, regulations that are being put in place. And so, the fact that despite there being a prohibition of athletes and influencers and celebrities from endorsing 
online gambling, you know, there was that exemption, uh, but they can still promote, quote unquote, responsible gambling. And so will we see Wayne Gretzky still appearing in future gambling as, but in the guise of, you know, promoting responsible gambling? And to what extent that will be the message that really is the takeaway message for a lot of people? You know, so if young people see Connor McDavid in a so-called responsible gambling ad, will the responsible part, whatever that means, be the overriding message? Or will it be more just uh, that Connor McDavid is promoting sports betting at the end of the day? Tim, thank you so much for this. My pleasure. Tim Dewhurst, professor and senior research fellow at the University of Guelph's Gordon S. Lang School of Business and Economics. That was The Big Story. For more, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can find all of our episodes there. I don't know if you'll ever hear a gambling ad on this show, but if you do, soon it won't feature Wayne Gretzky. You can talk to us. Let us know what you think about gambling ads in general or anything else that you think we should cover or not cover or talk about or not talk about or that you like or hate about the show. We welcome any and all feedback and you can do it on Twitter at the Big Story FPN by sending us an email at hello at the Big Story or by calling us up and leaving a voicemail. That phone number is 416-935-5935. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.